And we're back after an unanticipated long break. Let's get into it. The Republican debate has become the second place race in a soapbox for whining losers. Meanwhile, Hunter's ditch gets deeper while his media support gets stronger. And the Georgia indictment is illegal. You're listening to The Last Gay Conservative. I'm your host, Chad Law. Hello, America. We want to hear from you. Our number 866-LAST-GAY, 866-LAST-GAY. Tweet us at LastGayCons or on Instagram at the Last Gay Conservative. I'm Chad Law, your host, America's binary brother, the holiest homo of all time and the most hated gay man in America, bringing truth and common-sense conservative politics through the airwaves on the only rainbow that matters. The red, white, and blue rainbow. Well, folks, I am back. I hope you all are as excited as I am. Been a rough few weeks here, but uh, I think I'm back on track, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate all the notes and calls and texts and emails. You guys are just incredible supporters, and I want to thank you for that. Basically, the reason why I was gone was I did have a planned week to do a in-depth constitutional course at Hillsdale College with many other broadcasters, a whole group of us. And I went to that, and I actually left feeling a little low because I was with people who just did circles around me. I mean, I thought I was pretty smart, and I thought I was a good broadcaster until I went to this program. I mean, these people were so smart and so witty and could just turn on the mic and and go, 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 go. Now, of course, I had a much larger audience but that doesn't necessarily mean anything when these people are just so talented. I started to have a little bit of imposter syndrome from there. And then right when I got back from my trip, Donna, as you know, from the conspiracy corner, her mother died and I had a pretty good relationship with her mom. She's had dementia for about a year. So it was really hard, but it just pushed my imposter syndrome and my depression lower and lower. And I've talked about this openly. I've I've struggled with clinical depression my entire life, and I've worked to find solutions my entire life that don't necessarily include medication, which there's nothing wrong with medication. I'm just saying there's different tactics that you can use to overcome the depression. And for whatever reason, I just went into a spiral. I went into a spiral of depression feeling like, what? why am I doing the show? People are better than me. I'm a hack. I'm a loser. And waking up every morning and having those thoughts and just getting in front of the mic and being frozen, not being able to turn it on. I'm sure you guys have experienced in your life things like this where 
all of a sudden something changes in your mind and your body, your emotions, whatever it is. And you just sort of freeze and you wonder what's going on. I didn't understand how I could be depressed and blocked from getting on the radio or behind the mic because this is what I love to do. If I wanted to have a marketing agency or if I wanted to go work for a big company, I would. But this is what I love to do. And this is what I've invested, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in and time and people. And it it was very weird to feel like I wasn't good enough to do this. So it took me about a month and I actually linked it to a nutrition deficiency. I was not getting enough protein, period. And so my body just, again, I don't know the science of it, but my body just was rejecting everything else and I was getting no nutrients to feed my brain and to help my mental health. You know, we had Dr. Heather Gessling on uh, two episodes ago and she talks about mental health and nutrition. And so um, I figured out a way to keep the protein going in, in my body, regardless of me traveling, poor diet, et cetera. And for me, because I've lost so much weight and because my body has gone through so many changes, it's just a little different for me because once my body gets used to a certain routine, like the factor meals, and then I travel and I have to eat junk, it just spins everything out of control. Not just you know, not just digestion, but I'm talking immunity. I get sick easier. And most importantly, my mental health. So I wanted to share that with you all because I know how hard it is to have this imposter syndrome. And I know how hard it is to be depressed and to power through it. And there really is no powering through it. And I kept receiving emails and texts and phone calls this entire time begging me to get back on the air. And eventually I knew that was the right thing to do because people want to hear from me and I am good at what I do. And I have to continually remind myself that's the case. And if this was any other industry, this was marketing, if this was sales, if this was beauty, I would never even have these thoughts. But because this is a relatively new venture for me, it's a little bit different. Anyways, that's enough about why I was gone and my story. Today's going to be a little bit more casual. I want to rant a little bit about things that are driving me insane out in the world. And then I want to get into this debate that's going on tonight. Um... A lot of people whining and crying about getting on the stage, and then the people getting on the stage are already getting ready to either support Trump or bash Trump, who will be having an interview with Tucker aired at the exact same time as the debate, kind of a FU to the RNC, which I totally understand where he's coming from. I saw uh, Larry Elder doing a clip from the airport, boo-hooing about not being able to be on the debate stage. I love Larry, but he needs to hang up the hat when it comes to running for political office. He just can't win to save his life. And there's a handful of other people, I think three or four people that are having the same complaints as Larry. And it's so funny to me, these no chancers. I mean, I don't even think half the stage should be up there. Nikki Haley shouldn't be up there. She doesn't have a chance. Chris Christie is up there. He doesn't have a chance. 
Pence is probably the most hated Republican ever uh, based on his throwing Donald Trump under the bus after he served as the vice president under Trump and had nothing but glowing things to say until there wasn't. And he decided that he was going to be uh, difficult throughout the primary process. But they're not going anywhere, these people. They're not going anywhere. And it's a waste of our time and it's a waste of money. And all of those funds could be directed to candidates that are serious, that actually have a chance of winning in a general election and giving them all the support that they need, like Ron DeSantis. Yes, yes, I know DeSantis. I don't know, this whole bag on DeSantis thing, it really drives me crazy. I mean, it really is astonishing to me that everyone's, you know, rah-rahing behind Vivek Ramaswamy when and talking, you know, crap about Ron DeSantis when really Ron is the closest thing to Trump that we'll ever get. And he's just a good guy. I mean, he really is a good guy. I hear from people that work with him all the time, people on his campaign, his media people who reach out. And everyone has great things to say about him. No one says he's a diva. No one says he's a dick either. Then after that, I want to go into some of the new updates on the Hunter Biden scandal and talk a little bit about how the media is framing him to be this victim. And I've I've heard a couple just absolutely insane clips that I want to share with you regarding that, that that absolutely proves that the media is in Hunter and Joe's pocket, and they will never admit that he did anything wrong, ever. And then if we have time, I'll touch on the Georgia indictment, which just like the Florida indictment and the documents case with Jack the Ripper Smith, this is a illegal joke of an indictment as well. Apparently, I have to remind everyone that an indictment and a conviction are different. The media has run with this so far, indictment, 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 without actually verifying anything in the indictment. You say, well, they got a grand jury. Well, of course, 98% of cases presented by prosecution in this country to grand juries get indicted. It's just it. They're in the bed of the prosecutor and the prosecutor's in a private room and they can frame the evidence and the story in any way possible. But we'll get into all that when we get back after these words. Does your dog have itchy skin, chews at his feet, maybe has some gunk in his ears that's brown and stinky? Maybe he's constantly chewing on his rear or rubbing his face against the floor. Chances are that is your dog having an allergic reaction to yeast. Yeast is the result of too much potato in their food. Potato is used as a grain alternative in grain-free foods. It's not good. You don't take out one and replace it with another. I've talked to you guys about this before. Nine out of 10 canine illnesses can be cured with the right diet. Get your dog off the kibble. Darwin's Pet is the number one premium raw pet food that gets delivered to your door in a no-muss clean package. The pre-measured sizes really help. Make sure that you get the specific amount of food for your dog. They're made in the USA. 
of USA materials and change the health of your dog immediately. You all know Ron, my Frenchie. Ron is the healthiest Frenchie you've ever seen. Other than his accident, he's rarely been to the vet because he's never had kibble. He runs, he jumps, and acts like a puppy at almost six years old. I credit Darwin's pet. You see any issue your dog has, watery eyes, dry skin, yeast, dirty ears, itchy face, sensitive immune system, sensitive stomachs, any condition will more than likely be fixed with the right diet. And Darwin's is the only diet I recommend for every single dog owner out there. Go to darwins.com, get 10 pounds for 15 bucks, try it, your dog will love it. That's enough for you to see instantaneous results. Hop on a subscription plan and never think about or worry about your dog's health again. All right, and we're back. Thanks for letting me share my story earlier. Hope it explains things a little bit for you all. It happens very rarely, so don't sit there and say, well, I don't want this to happen again where I have to wait a month for my next podcast. We'll try to make sure that doesn't happen. What we realize now is we should have been playing the best of Last Gay Conservative or the best of Chad, where we take some of my best episodes and you know sort of replay them, splice them together, etc. We have now learned for next time. Oh, that's so funny. He's waving. Yes, I did have a race yesterday with a new Kia electric car. I didn't even know what this thing was. They pull up next to me. I'm in my little daily driver. And the guy looks at me and he wants to race. He's doing some hand signals. And I'm going, okay, well, my little Mercedes E-Class Coupe is not going to beat this car if it's 100% electric. Like Tesla, for example. Well, Kia is not Tesla. Thought maybe they use the same battery or whatever. But my big thing here is just because we're making these electric cars, why do the car makers think they have to make them all into spaceships? They're so ugly. Look at all the Mercedes-Benz EQ cars. They are hideous. The e-tron by Audi is the only one that I think looks okay. It looks like their other SUVs. But why do we have to do the spaceship thing with the lights everywhere and it just looks bad? The shapes, to me, if they're trying to copy Tesla, first of all, that's stupid. And second of all, Tesla came out that way. It's not like Tesla had this pre-designed look, created a new line of product, and then completely changed the way they look. No, this is how they were born. So when you look at Kia and Jeep and all these other companies that are taking their cars and turning them into spaceships, it just drives me absolutely crazy. Needless to say, I won the race. So thank you for reminding me of that. All right. Also, before I get into the episode, I I did want to mention the um, hurricane or tropical storm Hillary that came through Southern California. Like I predicted, it was complete and utter BS media, keeping everything hyped up as possible. And really, it was nothing. You know, I was, I was watching the videos and going, this is not anything. 
I don't remember the exact year. You guys might remember. It's either 1994 or 1996. We had a extreme El Nino in Southern California. Actually, a neighborhood between Ventura and Carp was completely decimated by a huge landslide. I watched as this water and rain and wind came through Southern California, and it was insane. Needless to say, Hillary was not that. And what people need to realize is that California is extreme weather. It's not extreme weather because of climate change. It's just always been extremes. We go through really long droughts, and then we have one or two rainy winters to fill it back up. A couple years later, we have El Nino come through. Then we have flooding in certain areas. So, I mean, it's par for the course here. But, of course, the media had to make it sound like it's climate change. Same with the thing in Maui. You know, totally man-made fire, not lightning, not because of weather. And it goes berserk. Just found out that 183 people, 183 bodies were washed up on the shore. And that is absolutely devastating. Just absolutely devastating. I'm glad it took uh, Biden a couple weeks to get out there and then talk about how him and Jill know about losing a house. They lost a house before to a fire. Well, when researchers went to find out when this fire occurred, they realized it was a grease fire that was contained to the kitchen and did no damage. No insurance claim, nothing. So, again, just complete and utter lies out of his mouth to try to engage or make himself seem more attractive or one with the people or whatever it is, but it's just a total joke. Speaking of jokes, I heard uh, Larry Elder comment on the election debate rules that supposedly did not create a fair and equal opportunity for the other candidates who were at lower numbers to get on the stage. Listen to him here. As you can see, I'm at LAX in route to Milwaukee. I was just informed by the RNC that I'm not qualified for the debate. Why? Even though I exceeded the 40,000 individual donations required, uh, even though I signed the pledge to support the eventual nominee, uh, even though I submitted three polls where I was at least at 1%, I was informed that one of the polls is not eligible. It's the Rasmussen poll, even though it was the most accurate poll in predicting that Donald Trump would win in 2016. They say it is affiliated with Donald Trump and therefore uh, it is not eligible. All right, so I understand his frustration here. I think my frustration is, is the guy has tried to win so many times in so many different arenas recently, and he just doesn't have the chops. He's not electable, period. He comes off too extreme and people do not like his attitude or his delivery. Just having this conversation with a friend the other day and they say, well, I mean, if they they like Trump's delivery, well, that's different. Trump has that personality that just works for him. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I understand. And he actually does have an argument. I mean, according to the Republican National Committee, the polling has to be um, at least 1% in three national polls or 1% in two national polls and 1% in one early state poll from two separate 
quote unquote carve out states, Nevada, South Carolina, New Hampshire, Iowa, recognized by the RNC. For a poll to be recognized, it must be surveying at least 800 registered likely Republicans with a mix of text message, online, and voice, not overly weight responses of any individual cohort behind the margin of error, or excuse me, beyond the margin of error, ask the question on presidential preference prior to any question, which may allow potential bias, not to be conducted by a polling company affiliated with a candidate or candidate committee. Meet this polling requirement no later than 48 hours prior to the first scheduled debate and must be conducted on or after July 1st, 2023. So this little note, not be conducted by a polling company affiliated with a candidate or a candidate committee. How would anyone know? How would anyone know? I would never. I mean, I do this every day. I didn't know that Rasmussen was associated with Trump. How is it associated with Trump? And again, there is no additional information here. So it's a very, very popular poll. It's a, it's a national poll. I would have never thought it to be rejected based on this small little one line. It's one bullet, one line in a full page of criteria. But get his frustration there. I really, I really understand where he's coming from. However, you got to ask, you know, ignorance is not an excuse. You have to ask, what does this mean? The first thing I would have asked was, what does this mean that polls cannot be conducted by a polling company affiliated with a candidate or a candidate committee? What does that mean? Do you have a list of polling companies? Do you have a list of candidates that are associated with polling companies? But nothing. So I get his his frustration there. Let's keep going. I said to Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman of the RNC, is not affiliated with me. She said any poll affiliated with any candidate is not eligible. And no one told me that until just now. So we're filing an emergency injunction to get me up there. This is absolutely BS. I mean, again, with the nobody told me that until just now, it's right here on GOP.com. RNC announces criteria and date for first debate in Milwaukee. It's right there cannot be conducted by a polling company affiliated with a candidate. Again, who knew that Rasmussen was affiliated with Trump? And after this episode, I got to figure out how that is. It seems very weird to me. I don't exactly know how that could come about. However, again, the first thing he should have asked was, what does this mean? You can't say, I didn't know that, when you have an outline and you're there to be able to ask questions. All right, let's get into some of the other things he talks about. One of the candidates, by the way, offered a $20 gift certificate for a $1 donation. That apparently is okay. Another one offered a free, air quotes, country western uh, concert for a $1 donation. That apparently is okay. Another one offered a commission to prospective donors to get other prospective donors. That apparently is okay. But I did it the old-fashioned way, asking people to support me by going to LarryElder.com, and that is not okay. And now, all of a sudden, I'm not eligible. It is designed, in my opinion, to make sure that, that Ron DeSantis is the nominee, anybody other than Trump. This is BS. I will see you in Milwaukee. Out. Out. 
I'm Larry Elder, and I approve this message. Out. Kind of weird. I, I feel bad because I like Larry. I really do. I've met him. I've talked to him. He's a great guy, but he's just not a politician anymore. He needs to stick to media. Sorry. I got to call him like I see him. He is not a good representation of the Republican Party at this point. He's not electable. So if he wants to go to Milwaukee, that's fine. The other thing I hate, and the Democrats are the king of this, but we are becoming the princes of this, is instead of acknowledging what you did wrong or how you're going to change it, he could have gone through the points that he has for the website, for example. I mean, excuse me, for the lawsuit, for example. He could have gone point per point. What does he do instead? He drags the other candidates in the mix with things that might be gray area, but nothing I can find under the rules here shows that you cannot entice voters, the 40,000 unique donors, with other things. I mean, think about it. They could have a local company that is sponsoring them and wants to sponsor them with 40,000 gift cards. They want to put together an affiliate program. He's like, well, you can get commission for this doing that. Now, again, affiliate marketing is a massive part of online. Half the time you're getting a referral from someone there, they have an affiliate code and they're getting money and you're getting a discount. I don't see any issue with that either. That's a great ground. It's a great grassroots approach to building your base. And especially these no-namers, they, they have to. The, the Perry Johnsons and, and whoever there is, Nikki Haley's, whatever they're doing. And he is right. The RNC is trying to mold everything for DeSantis, which is why you have so many third parties outside of the RNC that aren't necessarily traditional Republicans like Vivek and... Um, Larry Elder or, you know, others, uh, Johnson, and, and they, they think that the best way, and they haven't had the opportunity as much as Ron DeSantis has, according to them. Meanwhile, DeSantis is getting destroyed in the polls. His media coverage is abysmal. His team that he brought on, I think he must have used a lot of people from his governor election. Well, national election is much different than a state election. Uh, so clearly he has some poor advisors that have hurt his campaign, um, which again, a lot of people are saying, "What if the guy can't get it together in the campaign, why are they pushing him for the nomination? Anyone but Trump. In my opinion, he's the only one that can win other than Trump on that debate stage. I mean, tell me someone else who can win. Someone, Tell me someone else that can be the prospective nominee for the Republican Party who's not Trump that can win. I think DeSantis is the only one. I really do. I Again, you guys tell me. Vivek has very little name recognition, and he is extreme, and he's on every podcast there is. I'm, I'm a podcaster, but he's doing a much different approach, and he's talking to the same audience over and over again, which is going to build up a small base, but he's not going to get the national coverage that he needs with traditional media. Man, I sound like I'm a political pundit. Oh, wait, I am. The bottom line is, is that Larry Elder doesn't get to sit there and say, well, one person did this and one person did that when it's not against the rules. According to him, it may be ethically wrong. 
According to the RNC, it could be ethically wrong, but it's not against any rules. Not against any rules. So knowing that, stop complaining. Stop complaining and worrying how to get to that debate stage. You know what the debate stage is in Milwaukee? It's a loser stage. It is the race to second place. That's it. Trump's polls aren't going anywhere, even if he's sitting in a jail cell. So his polls will probably go up, which we know isn't going to happen. But again, a dramatic point I'm trying to make is that whoever wins this debate or more debates isn't going to come close to Trump unless there's some serious differences. Um, you know, and, and personally, I believe the Democrats are pushing for Trump to be the nomination because the feeling in Washington right now is that Trump is unelectable because of all the indictment, because of all the things that they've done to him. They think he's totally unelectable, but they're pushing for him because they don't want Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis has no baggage. Ron DeSantis has no issues and he will crush in a primary against Joe Biden. I'm sorry, in a, in a um, national election, general election against Joe Biden. It was really interesting to watch. They're all whining about different things, placement, time. You know, Chris Christie's up there. He's got to have his Krispy Kreme at his podium. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how Vivek and DeSantis kind of jab off of each other. And um, again, I'm watching the Trump interview first, but I've got this recorded. But again, it's just everyone trying to get to second place and the rest of them whining. Not very good. Not a very good start for Republicans. We haven't had a good start. This is making it even worse because what does the general population say when this is happening? Man, these people cannot get their shit together. They cannot get their shit together. And the Democrats have always been better of keeping candidates in line. I mean, Dianne Feinstein just turned over uh, her, what was that? Her power of attorney to her daughter. Meanwhile, she's in her Congress office on hospice. I swear she's got to be on hospice within her Senate chambers. It's just insane because the Democrats need that vote and they don't know what would happen uh, with someone new yet. So, yeah, keep an eye out on this debate. We'll see who makes a fool of themselves. We'll see who really stands out. This could be a deal breaker for these candidates. There could be a shining star. I don't think there will be. I think they're all going to come across as anti-Trump, Trump-hating people who think that they can win on just not being Donald Trump. That's not how elections work. So they've got a big road ahead of them. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk all things Hunter. I don't know about you all folks, but having Dr. Heather Gessling and Dr. Peter McCullough on the show back to back completely changed my outlook of COVID. I'm not vaccinated. I'll never be vaccinated. However, there are toxins, what we call spike proteins, that can be caught from people who are vaccinated. They're in our environment. They're in our breath. They're in our touch. And spike proteins essentially attack the cellular level of the body. Both these doctors work for the wellness company, which is a relatively new wellness company that is not focused on pharmaceuticals, and it's focused on medical freedom through subscriptions, through supplements. 
I cannot live without my spike support supplement. I take it all the time. And not only does it make me feel better naturally, I don't know if it's because it's blocking spike proteins or what is happening within the body, but it makes me feel better. I have more energy. I'm clearer. And I also just mentally feel more protected. If you are around people who are vaccinated, if you are constantly near children who are vaccinated, you need to get spike support from the wellness company, period. Take it. It will block all the spike protein and begin to eliminate the spike proteins that are potentially toxic from your body. Go to TWC, the wellness company, twc.health, shop supplements, check out, get yourself a spike support bottle today. To hear the right tell, the only story that you should care about is Hunter Biden, the president's son, who has absolutely no role in government. For months, they've used their House majority to relentlessly investigate him. Now, what they've credibly revealed is that public figures and their children trade on their name for access. Shocker. Jared and Ivanka did it. Roger Clinton did it. And so did Hunter Biden. Apologies to those of you who may have just ate. Maybe shouldn't have put Joy Reid on by surprise. She's always one that forces me to toss my lunch. God, could any be could anyone be more disgusting than Joy Reed? She is a degenerate and a liar. And it's really, really sad that I mean she has no ratings basically, but it's really sad that that's the only way that she can peddle this nonsense. So I'm gonna break down a lot of the stuff that she says uh in regards to Hunter Biden, but uh, only a liberal would open up their show for millions of people or whatever and say, hey, everyone does it. He doesn't have a role in government. Everyone uses their political family to gain access. What? How is that a valid argument? Does that make it right? Well, it's not technically illegal. Well, it is if you're selling your dad with your dad and making millions of dollars, which has already been exposed. Ivanka did it. Roger Clinton did it. It's just always an excuse, and it always goes back to someone else. They can never defend the action or the behavior on merits alone. It always has to be compared to someone else. All right, let's hear another clip from lying Mary J. Blige wannabe, Joy Reid. However, that Republican fixation has only resulted in two tangible things. Donald Trump's first impeachment and launching a 2018 Trump Justice Department investigation into Hunter Biden. The man in charge of that investigation, David Weiss, has been looking into whether Hunter Biden properly paid his taxes in 2017 and 2018. They were specifically focused on a federal form Hunter Biden filled out when purchasing a gun in 2018. He lied on the form when he claimed that he was not a drug user. He later admitted that he was. Now, to be crystal clear, the special counsel is not investigating the president of the United States. He's investigating his son. But that hasn't stopped Republicans from accusing Hunter Biden of running a corrupt business enterprise flush with foreign cash that also benefited his father. Again, there's nothing inherently illegal about accepting money from foreign interests if you're a private citizen, even if your parent is a famous politician. It doesn't matter if you're a crackhead. It doesn't matter if you hire prostitutes and use funds from foreign interests to go to sex clubs and buy crack and deal crack. There's nothing inherently illegal about that, right, Joy? It's not illegal. 
Who cares who his parents are? The question isn't whether or not the act of receiving funds from foreign interests is illegal. Fine. Take your little argument that he was a private citizen and he's allowed to take any money from foreign interests as he wants. However, it becomes the question or the idea that he has to give something. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing as just free foreign money. So he has to give something. Well, you talked about Ivanka and Jared Kushner. What did they give? Well, he had all kinds of access to all different financial uh, corporation, board of directors, board of advisors. He had something to offer. That's why he's not being questioned. That's why there's no special counsel. Hunter Biden had nothing to offer except for his daddy being the VP and a senator and now the president. So then it becomes a question of what did Joe Biden accept as a return for that payment to Hunter that also was disseminated across the entire Biden family? We have the banking records. We show the money going all over their family. We know there's no business. So what is there? There has to be some sort of transaction. And we know Hunter Biden has absolutely nothing to offer but access to his father. So common sense would tell us that his dad is involved in the entire process. Here's why I know Hunter wasn't out doing it on his own. Because there has been time after time after time where monies paid into some of these fake companies have resulted in decisions made by Joe Biden. The Ukrainian energy minister was a perfect example. Now China, selling China the lithium mines or the cobalt mines in Africa and giving them all of our green energy business after they've met several times privately with various businessmen and politicians high up in the CCP. So she's simplifying this to a point of saying essentially, oh, Hunter Biden has friends in the UK and they sent him $500 for his birthday. No, I don't think so. You can't simply say a private citizen, regardless of his connections, can take as much money as they want from foreign interests, because that's not the case. If fraud or the sale of access of a United States politician who's living on our taxes is part of receiving that payment, then it's absolutely illegal and should be investigated. Mary McCord is back with me. And Mary, I have a couple of questions. Question number one, since when are special counsels appointed for private citizens? Because I just want to read you this. Devin Archer, who's on the board of the Ukrainian company Burisma Holdings, which only people who watch Fox understand what that is. That was the company that Hunter Biden was on the board of as well. When, when Joe Biden was vice president, he testified in front of the committee that wanted to take down Joe Biden, that he's not aware of any wrongdoing by Joe Biden, that he never heard of a $5 million transfer of any transfer to Joe Biden, and that the Ukrainian prosecutor who was fired was not viewed as a threat by the company, and that Hunter Biden was selling the illusion of access to his father, but never sold access to his father. Ergo, Joe Biden is not involved in any of this, nor did he buy an illegal gun, nor was he using drugs. Once again, another big lie. I love how she says, well, no one, unless you watch Fox News, no one knows what Burisma Holdings is. Isn't that a problem? That's a company that Hunter Biden was directly affiliated with who received funds through 
his selling access to daddy. I mean, even the there's memos from the executives at Burisma Holdings saying that Hunter's a moron and stupid and he's only kept around because of Joe. And she has the audacity to say, well, I mean, there is no money gone to Joe. I, I mean, come on, these people aren't that stupid. No one's going to hand Joe Biden a check. All of that is public information. That's why they have like 8,000 LLCs and incorporations so they can move money around quickly and make it as untraceable as possible, which is why there's a special counsel. Furthermore, David Archer did not say that no wrongdoing had been done. He said that he did not witness wrongdoing directly, but he was privy to wrongdoing within meetings. He said he was involved in as many as two dozen meetings or times where VP outlined multiple examples of shady business dealings where Joe Biden was involved. He talked about phone calls, multiple phone calls where Joe Biden didn't realize he was on speakerphone, but David was on speakerphone. He talks about specific incidences, including Burisma, which he actually sat on or con continues to sit on the board of. Now, when it comes to Burisma and the payments, did he say that there were no payments? No. What he said was, from what his knowledge suggests, is that there was no threat between Burisma and the energy uh politician or whomever that was that Biden uh, forced to can by using a billion dollar bribe because you're not going to see everything. Actually, to me, that is a sign of a very valid and authentic testimony. If he would have come on and said you know, all these things in a row that he's seen and done and understands Biden and um, Hunter and Joe, it, that would have been a red light a that would have been a red flag to me because you can't have all the answers and you can't be everywhere at once but he was a third party that was involved brought in and he spoke to exactly what he knew and the end result of his testimony was that based on his testimony i he he witnessed and participated in shady business dealings where the president was giving access for money. So, I mean, in other words, he's he's being treated differently because he's Joe Biden's son. I want to read this little piece here. The particular gun charge that the feds brought against Joe Biden, this is from the Daily Beast, a drug user in possession of a firearm is rarely brought as a standalone crime, especially now that roughly a fifth of the country uses cannabis with an inevitably significant overlap with the nation's estimated 80 million gun owners. There's more than that, I think. When the feds do bring this type of case, they come down hard, but it's usually a tool they use to take down a tough to arrest criminals like militant white nationalists, Islamist terrorists, or narco-traffickers. This law isn't to be used for one person. This law is supposed to take down white supremacist groups and drug traffickers. Okay, what do you think RICO is, Joy? What do you think RICO is for? Is it for a previous president? What do you think the Espionage Act is for, Joy? No one is safe with this DOJ, except for Hunter Biden. And the only reason why this is happening the way it's happening is because they want to drag it out as long as they can and try to continue to sweep it under the rug 
throughout the election. Remember, they already stopped the story prior to the election of Joe Biden and Donald Trump. You ask me this, or I'll ask you this. (laughs) If the story was nothing, if the story meant nothing, if the story was just a human being who is allowed as a private citizen to take money from special interests, why did they block and cover up the story from the New York Post? Why did they force Twitter to take it down and ban the New York Post? How come 100 different intelligence members signed that the information from the laptop was Russian misinformation? Why go to all that trouble if it doesn't matter and there's nothing illegal? Clearly, they're trying to hide something and covering it up, but no one wants to look at the response. Everyone just wants to look at their version of the law on paper in front of them and on their teleprompter. Everywhere, they're using laws a way that they shouldn't be used. It happens all the time. And unfortunately, the justice system in this country, with Meritless Garland and the rest of the idiots, have set a precedent that it's okay to pick and grab any law you need in order to prosecute someone. Not a clear cut, okay, this person did this, they went into a bank, they stole money from the bank, they broke bank robbery laws. Oh no, this is, uh, he did a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Okay, grab RICO, grab espionage and Presidential Records Act and all, and, and, and just make a case. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And it's absolutely ridiculous. So for her to sit there and say, oh, I mean, this law is for other things. And of course, she has to make it about white nationalists because everything with her is race. Race, she's obsessed with race. She can't see that even if you tried to make the argument that the law that they're using to potentially indict Hunter Biden is too extreme for this particular case, that is what our justice system is based off of, is judges and juries having discernment and understanding the personal relationship between this person and the crime and the existing circumstances in order to make the right decisions. That's all it is. So you can't sit there and say that he's being overcharged when there is no charge, first of all, and second of all, when there is an obvious break of that law. The law claims that you cannot be on drugs and buy a firearm. And then all of you cannabis users are the reason that this shouldn't matter because he could have been using cannabis, which is legal in X amount of states, and the states monitor the gun laws, etc. No, that argument does not work. You know why? Because A, Cannabis is legal in many places, not federally legal, but it's legal in many places. B, if someone is a heavy user of cannabis and they lie on an application for a firearm, they are just as guilty as Hunter Biden. And C, we're not talking about cannabis. We're talking about crack cocaine and a major, major addiction. Okay, this isn't someone who smokes a joint every night. This is someone who fires up a pipe or free bases or does whatever he does to get incredibly high all the time. And let me tell you something with crack addicts, you're never sober. You're always either sleeping or high. All right. There's one last clip I want to play for you that just 
makes it all worth it. I think all the evidence that I've seen so far in this case is that Joe, is it Hunter Biden? He could be a terrible guy. I don't know. Never met him. Is being treated worse than anyone else would be. He's being treated worse the way Donald Trump claims he's being treated worse. But he actually is, because normally this would just be misdemeanor stuff that would be done with. Instead, he's endlessly investigated because of politics. (laughs) Is that not hysterical? Hunter Biden is being treated worse because of politics, worse than what Donald Trump claims to be treated, even though every database online suggests and shows that negative words surround Trump, negative words surround Trump's name at a 10 to one. He's also he also had a super sweet plea deal, which would have never, ever happened with anyone else. Oh, this is just misdemeanor stuff, she says. How the are you a criminal lawyer? Do you understand the criminal law in Delaware and the criminal federal criminal law? Do you understand it? Joe Biden doesn't understand it because he lawyered up quick. And now Hunter's lawyer is trying to get off the case as well, saying he could be a potential witness down the road. Conflict of interest. I'm telling you guys, this is all a strategic effort to get Joe Biden elected and to downplay the Hunter scandal. Hunter Biden and his father have committed more corruption, more fraud, more espionage, if you will, than all the last presidents combined. It is evil. And it's all being done on your dime. It's all being done on your dime. You think when he travels on Air Force Two, that's all paid for by us. And then he goes and does his personal business deals in China. It's disgusting. So for them to sit there, Joy Reid to sit there, oh, this is just misdemeanor stuff. Uh, He's being treated worse than everyone else because his dad's Joe Biden. Who can say that with a straight face? Who can sit there with a straight face and say Hunter Biden is getting the worst treatment in this country, as far as the entire political arena is concerned. Only an idiot like Joy Reid. By the way, if you're going to have your face done, get your neck done too. She's got this like huge rings, wrinkles around her neck and her face is like pulled so tight. You got to match the two, honey. She just a wannabe Mary J. Blige who couldn't make it in the hip hop world. So she gets in front of a TV and on MSNBC with her wig on and her obnoxiously gross lip gloss and tells everyone these lies because that's all she's doing is peddling lies, misdemeanor stuff. And not to put too fine of a point on all of this, but as you know, Hunter's top counsel, his criminal attorney, just asked to be withdrawn from the case because he's going to be subject to investigation, which He does not want. He'll have to lie. He doesn't want to go through congressional investigation. So he's trying to run as fast as he can. You tell me if it's innocent, Joy, why does his lawyer want to leave? And furthermore, why does Joe Biden have a criminal defense attorney on staff? Hmm. Take a quick break and be right back. One thing I didn't do while I was in my slump was let my skin go. Because I am hooked on the ordinary. Between the hyaluronic acid, the niacinamide, and the BHA, AHA peels, I am looking and feeling great in the face. 
if you are worried about a skincare routine because you're afraid of the price, don't worry. The Ordinary is very, very fair. Even some call it low priced compared to some of these other brands. If you're afraid of quality, don't worry. This is all dermatologist approved formulas that are made with the highest concentration so you don't have watered down product. You use way more than you should be. And lastly, if you don't know what to get for your specific skin, they have a quiz, a skincare finder. You go on theordinary.com and you take the skincare quiz and it spits out exactly what you need. Don't go through life doing nothing and then getting too old to have it work or matter on all those wrinkles. We always have to worry about the moisture of our skin, being in the sun, being in the heat. I'm in a very dry climate in Southern California. I have to make sure that my skin has all the hydration it needs. Check out the incredible, crazy low prices at TheOrdinary.com. Again, take that skin quiz and then get the bundle that you need for yourself. It's 100% satisfaction guarantee. You don't like it. You don't see a difference in your skin. Boom, send it back. You get your money back. Again, again, Ordinary.com. Take the skin quiz and start your premium skincare routine at a low cost today. All right, I don't have too much time to get into Georgia, but I did want to play a couple of clips for you, and then uh, we'll pick it back up when we have our next episode. I don't know that anybody should be satisfied. This this is uh, a terrible moment for our country to have uh, a former president accused of these uh, terribly uh, important crimes. The only satisfaction may be that the system is working, hmm. uh, that all of the efforts by Donald Trump, his allies and his enablers to try to silence uh, the truth, to try to undermine uh, democracy, uh, have been brought into uh, the light and justice is being pursued. Yes, it is a terrible moment in history for a president to be accused of housing documents from the White House that should have been with the archives, supposedly. Hmm. Bill Clinton was accused of the exact same thing. He shoved a bunch of shit in his sock drawer and then said, oh, I don't know. And then they went to court about it. And the judge, who was appointed by either Clinton or Obama, one or the other, said, oh, no, that's what the Presidential Records Act is for. We're just going to get it back with the Presidential Records Act. And it was gone. It was quashed. How can she sit there and say this is the worst moment in history and blah, 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 when her husband did the exact same thing? And guess what is not on any of Trump indictments? Perjury. Your husband lied under oath. He is a huge pedophile, womanizer, dear friend of Jeffrey Epstein's. And you sit here and say the justice system is working, no matter what they're going after Trump. How is this the justice system working? Show me where it's working. Because all of these laws that have been created and they're being used to indict Trump, none of them were written for purposes such as that. It's literally find a law is what they're playing or make your own law up combining multiple laws. So we've got Hillary Clinton 
talking about Donald Trump and how terrible what he's done is, and her husband went on trial for the exact same thing where a judge said, nope, this is part of Presidential Records Act. Take it out of my court. This is the level of the left, folks. This is where they live. They live in a alternate universe. And all they do is lie, lie, and lie to get people on their side or to get people so fired up on the other side that it causes more and more division. That's all her little speech was for. It was about division. And what does she care? She's out in Hollywood making movies with her daughter or something. It just, it drives me absolutely insane when someone can come up and make a judgment about someone else. When someone in your family that you lay next to every single night, supposedly when there's not a nine-year-old in her place, you lay next to every single night has done the exact same thing. So supposedly Bill Clinton has undermined democracy as well. Right. So I want to talk about this with Maya Wiley, the president and CEO of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, former assistant, former assistant United States attorney of New York Civil Division. My old friend, nice to see you. Thank you for being with us this morning. First of all, let's notice her credentials. This is so funny. First, she was assistant U.S. attorney in the civil division. Nothing to do with crime. Nothing to do with voter rights. Nothing to do with espionage. But she's a legal analyst. She comes on and tells everyone that what Trump did was wrong. And it just drives me nuts because these are the people that people in America listen to over and over and over again. Grant and also this woman is black and she makes everything about race. It's absolutely disgusting. Nothing to do with the charges at hand. So what they're talking about is they're talking about the final count in the indictment, count four, which essentially says Donald Trump took your right to have your vote counted away. That is not true. The phone call has been published with Georgia and the Georgia politicians and, and, the, elector, and the electorate. And it was a one-hour phone call with Mike Meadows, Trump, excuse me, Mark Meadows, Trump, and a handful of other people. And they're demanding a recount. They're not demanding to stop counting. They're not demanding that they shut down the polls. They demanded a recount, which there is nothing wrong with that. Let's see what else our legal analyst from civil court as a U.S. district attorney in New York has to say about election law and criminal election law and indictments in Georgia. But it almost says that this is the thing you need to think about. If you don't want to think about electors and you don't want to think about Rudy Giuliani and all the complexity of everything that went on in the case, remember that they tried to take away your right not to just vote, because a lot of Americans say my right to vote was not affected by any of this, but your expectation that your vote will be counted, that your vote matters. That's also part of this. That, that is part of it. And to your point, it's central to it. Central to it because we know that one of the reasons we're seeing this third indictment of a former president of the United States is because of what we saw on January 6th and all that it represented, which was exactly what the Supreme Court has said in interpreting Section 241. 
the Ku Klux Klan Act. It said that, you know, your right to have your vote counted is the same as your right to put that vote in the ballot box. The Ku Klux Klan Act. I told you, if it doesn't come back to race, it's not on MSNBC, that's for sure. This woman is such a hack. Civil law. Not criminal law. Civil law. And now she's some CEO of Human Rights. Her name is Maya Wiley. She's just a complete moron who knows nothing about the case. The Ku Klux Klan Act was developed because the booths and the ballots were being removed physically. So first you had the Ku Klux Klan blocking blacks from getting to the ballot box. Once they got to the ballot box, then the ballot boxes were being destroyed and votes were being burned, etc. So the Supreme Court, when it got to the Supreme Court, they said, no, you have just as much right to have it counted as you do to have it entered into that box or press the lever or whatever you, you do. That's it. But of course, it's Trump. So essentially, the argument that they're making and trying to make is that Trump was destroying ballots. Trump was ensuring that people's ballots were not counted. Trump and his people were blocking the ability for people to vote. And of course, it always comes down to people of color, people in poor neighborhoods, etc. When really, Georgia should be looking at the fact that their entire election system is a mess. They have nothing but problems nothing but miscounts, nothing but issues. They have a chain of custody problem. They have a signature verification problem and they can't get their shit together. Yet Donald Trump, Ku Klux Klan, Ku Klux, he, uh, he broke the Ku Klux Klan Act of the Supreme Court. This Georgia indictment should go nowhere, okay? I can look at Jack Smith's indictment or indictments to Trump and go, okay, he's not an idiot. He put this together. I think it's all lies, but he put it together in a way that makes somewhat sense. This woman in Georgia has no idea what she's doing. I, I, where did she go to law school? I don't even know. But this woman is such a moron. And you've got all these legal analysts in, or as my buddy Mark Levin says, legal analysts. You've got all these legal analysts that don't know the case at all and just regurgitate what the hosts on MSNBC say. I don't know where we're living today, folks, but it's not the America that I remember growing up in. I'm Chad Law, reminding you of what Reagan once said. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's that they... <laughs> the trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. God bless you, President Reagan, and may God save America. just listen to the last gay conservative podcast hosted by chad law 
Please visit us at lastgayconservative.com for this episode and others. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you listen. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and share. Find us on social at Last Gay Conservative. We proudly support the following causes. The Convention of States Action, the National Rifle Association, the Heritage Foundation, and Big Brothers Big Sisters of America. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. The Last Gay Conservative is a production of Bend Right Media. All rights reserved 2022.